What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Man in the Arena podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about my long baseball journey that I've had and start from the beginning and work my way up to where I am right now. So I started a recording earlier this week, and it went about 35 minutes, and I decided that I should probably break my journey into two parts. So there'll be two podcast episodes. I'll probably try to be around 25 to 30 minutes with each, but you know, it might not go according to plan as things in life do a lot of the time. So I'm gonna gonna start out with just where baseball started for me. I'll go through my high school days, my high school summer ball, my recruiting process how I was recruited, some tips and maybe some some struggles that I had. And then I will go through all three schools that I've been to and then go through my my season and my fall that are leading up to right now. I'm not going to go into depth on training and pitching philosophies. I'll save that for later episodes when we talk about other things and talk about other concepts that I what that I bring into my pitching ideology and my life philosophy as an ideology. So we'll save that for a later date. So I'm gonna go ahead and and get started with talking about where it all started for me. Baseball all started for me on a dirt road, small farm in Woodstock, Vermont. Instead of talking about where it all started for me, I'm also going to read you a quick piece that I wrote on my connection to baseball and how it all started for me. So this piece is talking about my grandfather. I wrote this, um, after he passed away in 2020. So I wrote this November 4th, 2020, and this was for his birthday three years ago. So I'll, I'll start from the beginning and then we'll talk more about, um, the farm and baseball and how it all started for me after my passion for baseball and my baseball career started in the same place on a small, beautiful farm on a little dirt road in small town Woodstock, Vermont. A glove, a ball, a dream, and a grandfather. My grandfather, Hank Smith, would take me outside and teach me how to throw. He would continue to do so until I threw too hard for him, around 12 years old. My grandfather would also throw me batting practice in the batting cage he had set up for me behind the farmhouse. Day in and day out, he would ask me to go outside so he could help me get better and improve. When my grandfather could no longer throw to me or throw with me, he took on a new role, coach from a distance. My grandfather never missed a game from middle school baseball to high school baseball to college baseball. He would fly all across the country just to sit behind the plate and watch the kid he taught how to throw chase his dreams. When I was younger, I could not see my own potential, so my grandfather took it upon himself to show me how great I could be. There were times I doubted myself and wanted to quit, 
Yet my grandfather was wiser and knew better. He never doubted. He only encouraged and helped build a passion that still burns deep within me today. A passion that will connect us for eternity. A bond that will never be broken. To me, baseball is more than a game or a sport. It reminds me of who I am in life and connects me to those that I love most. It is only right to add that my success in baseball and in life is not due to my work, but to the sacrifices the man behind the scenes made for me my whole life. I would not be anywhere close to where I am in my baseball career and life without Hank Smith. So to him, my thanks, respect, gratitude, admiration, and love are endless and will last for eternity. So, that's where it all started for me. I remember going outside when I was five years old and throwing to a pitch back. And I would throw to myself, I would throw ground balls, fly balls. I would bring multiple hats outside and pretend that I was playing games against myself. I would let up hits, let up runs, let up home runs, make diving catches, and when I look back at it, I know that kids are way smarter than than us college baseball players nowadays because when they're playing, that's what they're focused on, and they're out there not for the result, but they're out there just to enjoy the moment and enjoy the game itself. So on that farm, that's where the love of baseball started for me, and my grandfather definitely ingrained that in me, and we we continued to build that bond and build that love for baseball together. One thing I'll add is he always wanted me to go outside and hit and I hated hitting probably because I wasn't as good as, as I was at fielding at it. But in my later years in high school, I actually started to hit a little bit better because I practice it, but that's besides the point getting a little bit off track. I would go outside and throw with him. We would, hit fly balls, hit ground balls, and do all that kind of stuff. So that's where baseball started for me. Um, I played throughout Little League and and worked my way into middle school and high school, obviously. But before we, wor- we worked that far ahead, I want to just talk about Vermont baseball and the the background of what the Vermont baseball landscape looks like. So every year, I don't know the exact number, but I'm guessing less than... 50 kids from Vermont will play college baseball Um, on each high school team. If you have one or two kids that are playing college baseball, your team is usually pretty good. I was lucky enough to have four kids that ended up playing college baseball on my high school team, but Vermont baseball overall, it is not as high of a talent level as some other New England states or Southern states. Vermont baseball is is a little bit lower level due to the fact that less kids play, more kids ski and play hockey in those sports. But also in the springtime, we can't get outside until the maybe the first game. Sometimes the first games are pushed back weeks because of the snow and because of the rain and the field conditions. I remember my sophomore and my freshman year, we were out on the field shoveling and then 
the first game, actually, instead of having a fence, if it went into the snowbank, it was a double. If it landed in the snowbank in the air, it was a home run. So those are kind of Vermont baseball problems, but it helped me grow and it helped me develop the work ethic and the grit and the tenacity that I have today. So I also am able to feel like I can deal with the conditions better when I'm outside. I feel like I have the advantage over kids who aren't outside in in cold weather climates and especially in New England baseball. So that brings me an advantage and I love that I'm from Vermont and I love that I came from that background and I came from that type of baseball. So moving on, I'll start off in high school. So my freshman year, I played third base, my shortstop junior and senior year, I played shortstop for Hartford High School. So I decided to go to Hartford High School because the baseball was better and I had good friends that I had played throughout Cal Ripken and middle school with. So that's why I chose to go to Hartford ended up being one of the best decisions of my life. And I was able to play for Hartford High School for four years, played American Legion baseball for four years, played for post 22, then it changed to post 84. But I I never really played a lot of AAU or travel team baseball. I played a few fall league games for Showcase League and Northeast Baseball, but Nothing serious during the summer. I played for the Junior Swamp Bats for maybe five games, but it was never too serious. And the majority of my baseball being played in the summer was Legion baseball for the local team. So now talking to, you know, aspiring college baseball players, it is possible to play Legion baseball. And I'm not saying that it's not a good idea to get seen through travel ball and tournament uh showcases i did a few showcases one or one or two that i paid for never went to a perfect game one but went to uh, quinnipiac one and went to one in new york but nothing ever came of that i i tried out as a shortstop and and refused to pitch even though my grandfather told me i should probably pitch there i wanted to be shortstop in college and we all know how that turned out so somebody was right bobby you were right Maybe I'm still, maybe, maybe I'm still a shortstop in my mind, but, but you're right. Um, so moving on and, and going back to, to Legion baseball, the, the only thing that I would say about travel baseball and being careful is making sure that your coach values you and values you as a player and your long-term career because if you're throwing five innings every other day your arm's getting taxed and that's not best for your long-term career so that would be the only thing that I warn kids of I definitely am all in on travel baseball if that's something you want to do or if local whatever if you're good enough people will find you and it will it, it will always find a way if you're good enough so I don't think you need to play travel baseball I don't think you need to play local baseball whatever you want to do Whatever you feel comfortable doing, if you're good enough, you will be found. So the one showcase I did go to was not the Quinnipiac one and not the one in New York was a junior showcase for Vermonters. So it was a Vermont junior showcase. It's like 25 bucks at Castleton University. I threw one inning and that's where I started to get contact by all the college coaches. So Northeastern, BC, 
a long list of others, SNHU, Franklin Pierce. That's where I started to get college eyes on me. So the recruiting process was pretty simple for me. The coaches contacted me via email or text. And then I went on recruiting visits to Franklin Pierce, SNHU, Northeastern. The one thing that I will say is if you are reaching out to schools, which I did once, I reached out to Northeastern and BC, make sure that you're professional and make sure that you read the email before. Me being the immature 17-year-old I was, sent a email to Coach Glavin, or excuse me, Coach Gambino at BC address Coach Glavin. So didn't hear back from him after that. So make sure you're rereading those emails, maybe have somebody proofread it for you. But other than that stupid mistake, the biggest things that I struggled with as a college recruit and through the recruiting process was not having anyone to look up to that knew what the process was about. Because in Vermont, like I said, in my high school, nobody had played college baseball. So everything was new to me. I didn't even know my own GPA, right? So as much as you want the schools to want you and and come to you, you have to make yourself available and you have to market yourself and tell the schools what you're bringing to them. And that's one piece of advice that I would give when I think about college recruiting. I think about schools going out and trying to get kids to come to them. But when you're a high schooler, if you're able to market yourself and tell the schools what you're passionate about and what you can do for the program, that's a green light in their minds because they know you're invested. They know you've looked at their rosters. They know you've done your research and they know that you're committed and and trying to bring them success and that you're fully bought in. So if you're just playing it cool and happy that they want, they want you and that you just want the clout for it, that's fine. But if you really want to connect with the college coach, make sure that you're letting them know what you bring to the table on and off the field because they're looking at well-rounded people. They're w- looking at well-rounded players. If you're able to be a good person and bring not only success on the field, but in the classroom and extracurricular activities, market yourself, be confident, and and just trust yourself and, and have, have that confidence. I'm not saying be cocky, but know who you are, know what you bring to the table, and let them know. So that's my one piece of advice for anyone going into the college recruiting process. And obviously, I can get deeper into that. If anyone has questions, again, contact me, Instagram, Jordy Allard 24 DM me and I'll, I'll answer your DMs. So I'll move on to um, my recruiting process out of high school. So like I said, going back to it, toward SNHU, toward Franklin Pierce, toward Northeastern, SNHU decided to offer me a scholarship. So D2 level, they can offer a little bit of scholarship money. So I decided to take that and go to SNHU. I committed my the fall of my senior year in 2016 and showed up to campus in the fall of 2017. So it was a pretty smooth process. And when I arrived, I, I loved it and I loved the baseball part of it, but the academic part right away hit me as, as kind of easy. And another thing that started going through my mind was what happens if I don't make it in baseball? what's going to happen to 
in my life if I don't have a good degree. So all those thoughts were kind of working their way through my mind. Nervous time in my life, a lot of anxiety, a lot of a lot of thoughts about what I was going to do in the future. And I was I was very unsure. So I changed my major like three or four times from undeclared to business to undeclared to business, not knowing what I wanted to do and still having to deal with baseball. So obviously when I when I showed up for college baseball, I, I didn't know what to expect and kind of got punched in the mouth. And it was a crazy different experience than Vermont high school baseball. But as I as I made my way through the fall, I knew that I was good enough to be there and I knew that I had, I had earned respect and trust from the coaches from what I was doing in fall ball, right? When I got there right away, my first outings and my first bullpens were great. I was throwing just like I did in high school. I was right off being a shortstop in the summer and I was athletic and smooth and confident. I didn't change anything. I did what I did in high school, threw the ball right through the mitt, caught the plate, made the hitters hit, and I was very successful in the fall. And the coaches saw that. My teammates saw that. I was successful and had a great time in the fall when success was coming my way. It's important to tell you also that during high school, I had always been successful. There was not a lot of adversity. Every time I went out there, I just threw fastballs down the middle. My underclassman years and junior year, I was a closer, so I would just throw fastballs down the middle and throw it by everyone in Vermont. Senior year, I became a starter. Same thing. Maybe maybe had a little bit of a curveball, but not really. So my first outing at SNHU, the catcher put down two, and I just gripped the ball a random way and threw it, and that was my curveball. I had no idea what I was doing. So. You know, like to find my curveball grip, I looked up on YouTube curveball grip and then just threw that. So I really didn't know what I was doing out there. I was just being an athlete and moving my body the way I knew how, throwing a baseball like I did since I was five years old. So as the year goes on, moves into the winter and the spring, obviously we have individual training and all this coaching. So I thought now that I'm at college, I got to change everything. It's a different game. These kids can hit better. Like I have to pinpoint the corners. If I miss a spot, I'm going to let up a home run every time. I thought in my head that if I didn't pinpoint the black with my fastball every single time, I was going to get smoked. If I didn't throw a perfect pitch every time, I was going to get hit and I was going to get taken out of the game. I wasn't going to be successful. So in my mind, thinking of what not to do, I I just continued to throw balls. I lost what made me great, which was just attack the hitter, go get him, not care about anything, and just have fun. So I lost that for a little bit in the in my freshman season. I was worried about failing. I had a fear of failure, and I lost who I was as a pitcher and who I was as a person, and, and that sucked, right? I was thinking about mechanics all the time. I was thinking about how my body needed to move because I thought pitching mechanics needed to be perfect. And that if they weren't perfect, I wasn't going to throw harder. And that was the way to throw harder was move perfectly and move in this exact order of things and be like robotic. And I became robotic. I became, I just became a bad pitcher. I didn't know what I was doing on the mound. I was trying to move in a certain way that didn't feel comfortable to me. I was hearing a million things from a million different people. And I, I just, 
fell apart. The adversity and failing got to me. I handled failure terribly. My mindset wasn't in the right place, and I really just didn't like baseball. So halfway through the year, I decided to tra- decided that I wanted to transfer and knew I was going to transfer probably around winter break. So I, I get to the season. I start the season. I actually threw an inning. But again, every time I went out there, I was scared to get hit. I was scared not to be perfect, let up some runs, walk some guys, just do, not doing me on the mound, not having any fun, not enjoying the moment. All these negative things were clouding my mind, thoughts. Um, and then from those negative thoughts and negative mindset, the performance suffered. So I didn't have a great year, only threw six innings, was pissed off about that, knew that I was better, but still struggled, struggled, struggled. So after the World Series, actually, I'll add, we go to the World Series, we go to the D2 World Series. I didn't pitch an inning of the conference tournament, didn't pitch an inning of regionals, didn't pitch an inning in the World Series. I actually sat in the stands during the World Series. But during the World Series, they had me throw live on a backfield. And that was one day I remember very clearly, I get in the bullpen and the catcher sets up and I was like, damn, bro, let's just do what you did in high school because that seemed to fucking work. So we're going to do what you did in high school. So I looked at the glove and I said, I'm going to throw this shit through the glove through this fucking catcher. And I threw that shit as hard as I could. And it just brought something back. And I did it again and again and again. And I go out on the field and I struck out two, got a weak ground out to first. And the coach was like, what the hell? Like, Jordy, what, what are you doing? Like, where was this all, all winter? And I was like, I don't know. Cause I just went back to what I did in high school, not thinking, enjoying the moment, not afraid to get hit having so much fun and enjoying that time on the mound. And that's when I was successful. So I entered the transfer portal and I believe it's for, if I'm going to give tips, it's a little bit different now. So I think you can just enter the transfer portal. Now I had to sign a contact to, or a permission to contact form that allowed other coaches to contact me and talk to me about coming to their school. So I had SNHU coach reach out to Tufts, Babson, Wheaton, all, all those schools. And I decided to go to Babson in August and got there. And I'll get to the Babson experience later. But first, I want to talk about freshman year summer ball. So freshman year summer ball, I played for the Upper Valley Nighthawks. They are a team in the New England Collegiate Baseball League the NECBL, and they play out of Maxfield Sports Complex, which is actually my high school field. So I was playing in my high school field. I was playing in the hometown and got to live home, live at home for the summer. So that was really cool to be comfortable and around people that I knew and people who had watched me since I was 12 years old. So that was a real gift, real grateful for that. I was able to pitch really well for them out of the bullpen, had a couple of spot starts for two innings, but I just had a lot of fun. And I went back to playing like I did when I was a kid. And there the success came. So again, the fall of Babson had success, was doing me. Then the winter and the spring comes around and I try to go back to maybe some mechanics and try to be perfect again. Ended up having a pretty good sophomore year, though. We went to the World Series, D3 World Series, and I pitched pitched there for eight innings. And I talked about that the first episode. But same thing, go back to the Nighthawks for summer ball. 
I was a little bit bigger. So I, again, I'm now two years out of being a shortstop. I'm now a pitcher only. So I'm not doing the athletic stuff that I normally do. The athletic throws, I'm not hitting, I'm not running. So I got a little bit bigger. I'm a little bit slower, not as strong. My body, I'm not taking care of what I'm eating, not, not taking care of any of that stuff. So my velo goes down. I'm still doing all right. I had an all right summer. Um, regroup, go back junior year. And junior year was great. Up until we go to Texas. And I actually felt great in Texas. I was stronger. I was faster. I was lighter. I had been eating better. I had been exercising better. I had been lifting more. And junior year, we go to Texas. I get one start, kind of get hit around, but I felt good on the mound. I actually felt good. My velocity was a little bit back up. And then COVID shuts us down. So then we go from this great year with a lot of possibility to not knowing when we're going to play baseball again. So one thing I took from COVID was never take for granted just throwing with somebody and just being able to play baseball. When COVID hit, it actually gave me some time to look inward and gave me some time to get my life together. I would lift at home in the gym I had in the garage. I would throw in the horse arena at the farm that I live on. And I would throw into a tarp with a bucket of balls or throw into my pitch back. And that's something that I've got used to over the last couple of years. I really enjoy throwing alone because it's just me and it brings me back to the time where I was five years old thrown into the pitch back. So I really do enjoy that. Obviously, I enjoy throwing with a catch partner, but if I'm alone and throwing, I got some good flow and got some good energy with myself. So I was able to throw in there and keep my arm going. Sometimes I would go down to the max field, shovel off the snow, throw a bullpen to my boy, Tyler Hamilton. I hope he's listening. He's working for the WBC right now in New York and very proud of him and everything he's done, but little sidetrack, but Tyler, you're my boy, good shit. And so I throw bullpens to Tyler and I would throw live at bats to my friend, Cody Smith. So we would go down to Maxfield. I would set up a strike zone in one of the nets with tape and we would just play literal like six inning games against each other. So it was really fun. And I got back to my roots of just playing baseball, enjoying the moment, being present and, and not taking anything for granted. So COVID was very helpful to me in that sense. Obviously there were some negatives, but we're going to focus on the positives for right now. So we get through right? The summer months of COVID. Uh, and I'll, t- I'll have a, probably a whole podcast on this, but I'll touch on it very briefly. So trying to think the exact date, I believe it was maybe June 15th. My grandfather pa- passes away. He had been sick for a, a long time, uh, about a month and he passes away. And then everything became a little bit crazy for me. I, I didn't, it didn't hit me at first. It was, it was kind of crazy. Like I couldn't believe it. And that's when baseball, I think even took a bigger role in my life. The next day I'm still throwing, but I remember texting somebody like, damn, tomorrow there's going to be some crazy energy in the air. Like when I'm throwing, there is going to be some crazy 
crazy vibrations in the air and I know exactly why they're there. And, and so does everyone else. So baseball has always been, like I said, a beautiful thing in my life. And it's not something I've used to run away from things. It's only something that's enhanced my life. And this just made me connect to baseball even more. I was so thankful every time I got to throw and connect with my grandfather that way. And I go into my senior year, I work on my mental stuff. I get, I start reading books. I eat a little bit better. I'm lifting a little bit better and I have a good spring. I have a good senior season at Babson. I'm not going to talk about my accolades. If you want to look them up, you can, that's great, but that's, that's not what I'm here for. So I want to talk about the recruiting process going into senior year at Babson as well. I, I had my ups and downs at Babson, but had that good last senior year. So I was able, sorry, in the fall, I actually was able to talk to a couple of schools. I was able to enter the transfer portal for my fifth year due to COVID. I talked to Richmond University and they ended up not offering me anything, but saying that I could have a roster spot. And I decided to commit to Richmond University because I was scared there was no other school that was going to have interest in me. And I ended, I was going to end up not playing college baseball if I didn't commit to them. So I committed to them in December and I was planning to go there after Babson. So the Babson season happens and we get into the summer and I play for the Nighthawks for a third year and I'll pick it up. I'll pick up this episode or excuse me, I'll pick up this story when I begin part two of this episode. But it's a good place to stop right here. And I thank you guys. If you're still listening, sorry for the rambling, sorry for the sidetrack conversations with myself, but this is how it's going to go. And I, I like this and I hope you guys do too. So I'll see you in part two.